0: Good morning, church. What a hopeful song it is that we sing. Uh, The joys of heaven are always uplifting and encouraging because we know that God keeps his promises. And for that reason, we are excited and happy to be his children. It is great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your attendance and pray God that today we'll, we will together uplift uh, our spirits and our worship of our great God and King. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. O righteous, and awesome, holy, magnificent God in heaven, holy, be your name thank you for allowing us to address you to commune with you to speak to you and you hear us we ask Lord God that you will hear us as we make our plea to you that you will keep our minds pure clear from worldly thoughts that as we worship you we'll think only of you of your greatness and of your great salvation and of your great son and of our great Holy Spirit help us to worship you in spirit and in truth bringing glory and honor into your name help us to keep our minds Lord God sanctify separate from all worldliness at this hour and this moment. These things we do ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful and blessed name of your darling son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, If it be your will. Amen. We're going to the book of Daniel this morning. That's where we are. We're looking at every book of the Bible and showing you Jesus. Just can't get around Jesus. I hope and pray you just keep saying Jesus. Keep thinking about Jesus, right? But this morning we're going to deal with it in a subject matter, if you will, entitled The Cast. And I'll explain more of that in a moment. Actually, it will just, it will just fall into your lap in just a moment. So Daniel teaches us of the Son of Man in His glory. And Daniel shows us the power of God and his ability to rescue his people. But there's something that's important that we gather from from Daniel, beginning at chapter 1 in verse 6, or verse 5 rather. And the king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the off- officials assigned new names to them. And to Daniel he assigned the name Belshazzar. And to Hananiah Shadrach. And to Mishael Meshach. And to Azariah Abednego. But I want us just to grab verse 8. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the command of the officials that he might not defile himself. And it wasn't just Daniel who made his mind up. Turn to Joshua, please, chapter 24. But his friends also made up their minds that they would not defile themselves. Now, this is going to carry all the way over as you're thinking about the book of Daniel. And it's such a familiar uh, uh, account, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've heard about it a thousand times over. But making up their minds carries us all the way through the book of Daniel. We'll grab more of that in just a moment. Joshua made up his mind. Chapter 24 and verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And so this issue of of idolatry has, has plagued the men of God, the women of God, the children of God, all throughout their lives. And it carries all the way into the book of Daniel. We'll come right back to that. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua made up his mind and his household to serve God and God alone. Turn please to Ezra. The book of Ezra, uh, the chapter is seven. I just want to, for just a moment, get our minds thinking about our service to God. You have to make up your mind, brethren. You have to make up your mind, right? I mean, we go through the motion of going to church, right? Worship. But you have to make up your minds of what you're going to do on Monday and what we're going to do on Tuesday and all throughout the week and living our lives for Jesus. We have to make up our minds and the rest follows. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ezra made up his mind to seek God out. Back to Daniel, please, chapter 2. The people of God have forever been challenged to make up our minds as to whether or not we are going to serve God, or serve the gods, if you will, of the land. Even in America, right? In Daniel 2, he talks about God's people who will conquer the world and continue to conquer. In verse 44, the ecclesia is introduced, if you will, in the book of Daniel, the called out. And in the days of those kings, verse 44, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put to an end all of these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone which was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God is made known to the king. What will take place in the future so the dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy and you follow history and god establishes his church as he promised and the ecclesia the called out worship him to this day but it's interesting when you think about the church and you think about the people of god that we are 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 if you will continually Challenged to serve only one God by Satan who says no, serve the God of your choice and you and I are challenged daily with having to make the decision that I'm making up my mind to serve only God and God alone That means I'm not going to serve myself. I'm going to serve God. So all that leads us up to this lesson this morning. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, please. Someone asked the question then, as we're in this position and predicament of life to choose whom it is we're going to serve, why does it feel sometimes? Why does it seem or appear as if Jesus isn't with us? Some have said that. Some church members have said that. And you know when we say it most is when we're in trouble, when we find ourselves going through something. And this morning I hope that something is is witnessed, if you will, or evident from the Scriptures to help us to change our view of God in regards to whether or not God is with us even while we're suffering or, we might say, mostly while we are suffering. And we're going to use a very familiar account. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cast into the furnace of fire. Verse 12 of Daniel chapter 3. There are certain Jews from whom you've appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon. Namely, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. They made up their minds. They were not going to worship the idol god that he set up. And so the question is, when we stand for Jesus, when we obey obey the command of God, where are you, God, in our dire moments of life? In our particular circumstance or circumstances. In verse 13, the Bible goes on to say, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. And the king knew these men because Daniel asked the king if he would put them in his administration. And he did so. Nebuchadnezzar, verse 14, responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear, you see, it's it's like that question, you know, let me see if you really made your mind up, (laughs) right? Now, look, I know I already made the decree that anyone that doesn't worship my God, I'm throwing them into the furnace of fire. But I'm going to give you one more chance because I want to know if you really, truly made your minds up. Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, the trijon, the psaltery, and the bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well, But if you will not worship you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire and what God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? Now for the second time comes that awkward moment in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego That awkward moment. Daniel's not there. Here's that awkward moment when in verse 6, the Bible says, But whoever does not fall down in worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, at that time, when all the peoples, listen to this, when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn flute, lyre, trijon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So imagine that awkward moment, if you will, when you look around the first time, and there's only three of you, two others, standing And all the nations and peoples and tribes and everyone else are on their faces bowing down to this idol God and you're the only one standing. And then the king plays the music a second time. And all the peoples and nations and and of every nation, all the peoples fall down and worship the idol God, but you are standing alone. And the question that some people will ask is, Where are you, Jesus? Because you see, I'm standing by myself. Where are you, God? You ever been there before? Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. See, King, you are nothing in comparison to my God. Church, look, you you think about that for just a moment, right? They're talking to the King, and they're standing before the King, and they're making the King recognize that everyone needs to understand that we are nothing in comparison to God. I don't answer to man, I answer to God. How about you? How about you? We, we, we don't, church, we don't answer to the elders. We, we don't answer to the deacons. You don't answer to the preachers. You answer to God. God is who we serve. They said, we don't have to give you an answer. Remember now, the king is enraged at this moment, and ready to cast them into the fire. In verse 17, it says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Let's read that one more time. If it be God's will, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. Now look, they weren't sure as to whether or not God was going to deliver them. But they knew in essence that God would deliver them. You know, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord, right? And so they had made up their minds to honor God. These young men were ready to go into the fire for Jesus if that were the will of God. When you say, if it is God's will, do you believe it? I mean, do you mean it? Or, or is it more like, Lord God, if it is your will, and then, you know, in parentheses, if your will is my will. I mean, how, how do we pray that prayer? How do we echo those thoughts in our minds? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were more than prepared to go into the fire for God. But the question that still remains is this. Where are you, Jesus? We are standing for Jesus. Where are you? And when trouble hits home, we start asking that same question, where, where are you, Jesus? I've been praying and praying and praying, and, I, and God still hasn't given the answer. Where are you, Jesus? You're suffering servants. I mean, we are your servants, and where are you, God? You know, in life, we, we have to recognize that God is and always will be. Which means when we're asking God, where are you? It's because we have blinders on. He's already there. And he's not only there, he's beyond the there. And sometimes we have to just hold on until the very end for him to take us there. Whatever it may be, whatever his will is to carry us through that difficult time, to uh, to bring us home, to be with him in glory. Or, or whether it's be that we have to suffer just a little bit longer for his will to be done in our lives. Maybe it's to show someone else a lesson. Maybe it's for somebody else. Maybe it's for me. I don't know, but we ask the question, where are you, God? Church, let me demonstrate to you that Jesus was waiting. That's where he was. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had every right, because of their own desire, if you will, and their own willpower, to bow down. But they chose not to. And you know where Jesus was? He was waiting. And where was he waiting? Listen to the text. Verse 23. But these men, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astounded and stood up in haste. So think about this for a moment. While these men are cast, Into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar stands up because he sees something immediately that he hadn't seen before. Jesus was waiting to catch him, he was already there. Church, this is such an encouraging account. Sometimes you just have to hold on to the end, but God is. There, I know you don't believe me, but it's in the Bible, you know. Verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He responded and said to his high officials, was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? Then answered and said to the king, certainly, O king. He stood up immediately in haste surprised because the answer to his question was what god can save you from me and when he looked into the fire he got to see that god i wonder if shadrach meshach and abednego even hit the bottom of the furnace or did jesus catch them the bible tells us there was no harm brought to them we'll come back Jesus is everywhere. Church, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. It's already taken care of. Because God's already there. If if it comes, you just can't get around Jesus. And I know sometimes we try to But we cannot. Even when you read the Bible, every book of the Bible, you're going to find Jesus. Even when we feel like, now we get to that feeling, he's not there. Don't trust your feelings. He's always there for his people. Where was Jesus? He was right where they needed him to be. And sometimes in our prayers, See, we don't exactly know what to ask for. And we ask God for help, and we want it our way. But I promise you this, because God promises, he'll be right where you need him. But not always where you want him, but he will be there. This idea of caste, I want you to understand that, that, that these, these young folks were, were thrown, literally picked up and thrown cast into the fire and so you know when you're cast into a pit you hit the bottom it it hurts but there was no harm on these young men let me come back to that in just a moment turn over to chapter 6 look at another man who was cast you're familiar with it daniel in the lion's den and in daniel chapter 6 i want us to grab as you will just two verses we'll grab verse 16 first then the king gave orders and Daniel was brought in, a, in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. So Daniel was cast into the lion's den. Now, there are four, four groups, if you will, of, of those who are being cast in the book of Daniel. But in this passage, I want you to realize that Daniel is probably, maybe I should say approximately, Seventy-five years old. And when he is cast into this pit, you have to recognize the pit had to be deep. There are lions in the pit. So you make it deep enough so they cannot jump out. And so when he was a 75-year-old man cast into the pit, why was there no harm? Why was there no harm? Why didn't he break a leg or break an arm or because Jesus caught him. Because God took care of him. In verse 24, look at the, the ferociousness of this text. Then the king then gave orders, and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them, their children, and their wives, into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. And in chapter 3 and verse 25, the same idea carries along, and that is this. There was no harm done to the people of God. In verse 25, the Bible says, He answered and said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm, and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. This kind of makes makes it a little more defining as we turn to Hebrews chapter thirteen. It gives me a little more clarity. It even strengthens my faith a little more when I turn over to a passage like Hebrews chapter 13 and I am asking the question, where are you, God? Where are you, Jesus? And he says, I showed you where I am. I showed you where I've been and and I'm showing you where I will be. And then I I look at verse five and I say, Lord, but you don't understand the the situation that I'm in right now. And he says, I've already shown you where I am and and I've shown you where, where I've been. And I've shown you where I will be. What makes you think it will be different with you? Verse 5 Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself said, I will never forsake you, desert you. I will never. And he said, I will never desert you nor forsake you never nor will I ever I will never know not ever that's really what it's reading in the Greek it's, I will never know it's five compound of five negatives I will never know not ever <laughs> which means he's never left which means he's always been there which means he's already met you there. So the question is then, to put this into perspective, if I ever feel like God has left me, guess who moved? It wasn't God. All right, let's let's close this lesson. But I can't close it without saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I sure love Jesus. I sure love Jesus. How about you how how about you what is the song we're that jesus 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 there's just something about that there's just something about that name and when i find myself standing opposed if you will to to the world i i think about jesus and that name gives you power and strength doesn't it i'm gonna fear my god till the end i've already made up my mind church I gotta stay this way until the end. I have to stay on this road until the end. Do not live your life. Return to Matthew 13, please. Do not live your life without Jesus. Do not do not stand before the Father without Jesus. We can't even pray to the Father without Jesus. And then finally, at the end of your life, do not be cast without Jesus. And in your life right now, as Satan tries to shake you up, don't let Satan cast you without Jesus. The lesson concludes in verse 49 and 50. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels shall come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. what's going to happen at your end? It's up to you. Today you're alive. Today you have been given the power by Jesus to make up your mind. Will you serve the gods of self? The gods of this world? Or will you serve the God of the universe? The creator of all? If you are a child of God and you're struggling in your faith and you would like made, uh, prayers made in your behalf, the whole church pray for you You make that known to us. If you're not a child of God and you would like to surrender to God in the waters of baptism, salvation is near. Having heard his word and believed it and godly sorrow in your heart, turn your life around. Confess his name. Be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. If there is anything we can do for you, God is ready. Why don't you come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.